Okay, so um, the, the topic I want to talk about tonight is NLP for halacha. So what's NLP and what's halacha? Those are <laughs> the two uh, uh, interesting halacha. questions. Um, I, if you have the, the source sheet in front of you, I printed out a couple of graphics. Um, the first picture is not very clear, but I'll talk about what it is in a second. Before we start, though, I want to just make a couple of disclaimers. Disclaimer number one is that machine learning NLP, it's a very exciting topic. It's a very new topic or reasonably new. It's also an extremely technical topic and very widely misunderstood topic. Is there really ground for <laughs> So we'll find out. So, so I want to just make a disclaimer. I have no intention of trying to give a lecture about NLP. I don't really understand it either. I just tell my bosses I do. <laughs> and um, and uh, about Psaka, so there are, this is a fascinating sugya, Rechavim both in Halacha, both in Drush, both in Machshava, in many different areas of Torah, exactly understanding the role of the human being in um, the transmission of Torah, in the uh, creation of Torah, to, to some extent. We're going to touch on these topics today, but there are plenty of sources that I had to leave out. It was a little bit of a Sophie's choice uh, in both ends of the spectrum, which sources I put in, which I left out. There wasn't a lot of intelligence behind it. It was just 12 o'clock at night last night. And I said, I have to send up Ashenberg the source sheet as soon as possible. So I just picked and choose them. You may notice that they're not super organized. Uh, Pace, you had a question? Okay. So, Eric, can you, can you pass out the, the, the refreshments? Chaval, they should just sit here looking at Loyik Larosh, you know, the drinks and the chalent and the kugel, just keep it moving in a circle. Oh, you know? okay. All right, now we may begin. So, I want to first address look, if you look, there is a history chart um, on uh, about the development of NLP from 1950 until what's going on today. And it's a little bit important, I think, to understand a little bit of the development of where we are. Uh, technically, before we can talk about what's possible. What is the acronym? Okay, so the acronym stands for Natural Language Processing. So I want to just, since we're going to be uh, traversing a pretty complicated concept tree, I want to first start with a couple of definitions with what is AI, what is machine learning, what is data science, and what is natural language processing, and how are they related? AI is a shame klali. It just means the ability to use computers for thinking tasks, for tasks that we think of as requiring thought, as opposed to simple computation. Computation is something which is very easy for a computer. It doesn't require reasoning. AI is where the computer exhibits some sort of reasoning. AI then gets divided into two very important categories. The first is called explainable AI or rules-based AI or not really AI. And then the second one goes into the world of machine learning, deep learning, a lot of buzzwords that you may have heard where uh, computers learn rules, but it's easier for us to understand them, but they don't actually learn rules, they learn functions. And if you remember from high school, what a function is, just a map from one domain to another. So what that means is, is that you will never know why the AI, why the machine learning model is making its decision this way. You gave it training data, label training data, or in some cases of clustering, you give it unlabeled training data, and it 
uses mathematical rules, gradient descent, other things, in order for it to be able to learn a certain a certain function approximation is what a technical term is. And then it uses this black box to make decisions. And all we as the engineers or the scientists can know is how accurate is it based on your test set? And um, maybe you can start tweaking the parameters, meaning different numbers that you have no idea what they mean, but you add them and subtract them and you hope that maybe your uh, accuracy will go from 75% to 78%, and then, and then you could write a paper. How can a computer make a decision if all a computer can do is say yes or no? Okay, so a computer can actually do a lot more than say yes or no. Computers, you know, the basic logic, and I don't want to get into binary, but it, yes, at the very low, lowest level, there is, you know, on, off. But computers, especially, you know, not even in the terms of uh, uh, machine learning, are capable of very complicated reasoning tasks. If, you know, Elliot could talk more about this, what happens with your CPU and it switches off threads and all these different things, right? They can do a lot of, make, make, make a lot of very interesting decisions. But, but, but I think what Ruben's asking, what, yeah. what I'm also wondering as a mere mortal layman, yeah is that on, on the most basic level, it ultimately must be building off of rules. Okay, so... Uh, at some point, so, if I boil it down. So it depends. So if we define the term rules extremely rigorously, yes, there are some rules, but only the computer knows what they are. Meaning if you train a, the simplest classifier, let's say regression or something, a regression, a regression classifier, where the computer learns what kind of linear function will minimize the error between, if you draw a line between the dots, the distance between all the lines will be something. It will spit out a certain collection of numbers. You will have no idea what they mean. Yes, you, you understand how they- You have trained the trainer before Yes, that. you have, no, but all but you did was label. Before that. Yeah, you know what's right and what's wrong, but you're giving, but you're not, for example, I'll give you a different example. Well, but this then where, determines, it looks like correlation between let's say errors and certain results. Yeah, that's there a rule. have to have been a rule before No, yes, that. yes. And of course it's, it's yeah. It must be a rule before it's before. built on mathematical rules. Yeah. But what I'm distinguishing is between uh, a rules-based AI would be something like this. If there is person, if person can die. If not person, check. Animal or rock. If rock cannot die. So that's kind of a rules-based AI. It's a company called, and if you look at the graph, they're called uh, conceptual ontologies, where you are you develop knowledge systems. For computers, we do this you know, all the time. You program in a sequence of rules for it to know what to do in every case. For those of us who've had to suffer through writing a million if statements in codes, if that if else says that's, a, a, that, that's an example of a rules-based system. Lots and lots of if else or case switches or whatever, whatever, whatever language you're using. No, no, that wouldn't be considered AI. There are there are if you build them complicated enough, some people would consider that a knowledge-based system and would call that AI. Because the computer is doing some kind of reasons. Okay. What is natural language processing? Natural language processing started in 1950 with Weaver's uh, memorandum where he said computers should be able to do complicated text. Uh, complicated tasks on text. They should be able to do translation. They should be able to do comprehension. They should be able to do, you know, the early chatbots and other things. And they started very, very early. People tried programming all sorts of linguistic rules, 
to try to understand text. It was a whole field of computational linguistics of other things where people did basic keyword search, text search, all sorts of things to try to understand text. NLP at its root is not machine learning. It's the attempt for us to be able to process natural language, to extract meaning from it, to generate natural language, to understand natural language, all sorts of things. Sorry? So, yeah, so, yeah. Body of data tries to generate rules. Okay, so, so that, so then as time went on with the development of deep learning and there was a very, very powerful concept of something called word embeddings, where um, what, they, what they discovered was that it used to be, how does a computer know what a word is, right? It's a very complicated thing for a computer because a computer only understands numbers. So basically what you had to have, and this is a, you know, if you have a 50,000 word language, I think English is around 50,000 words. These days, you know, if you wanna add all the abbreviations and emojis and all these different things, they can go very, 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 very far, right? Hundreds of thousands of words. You create what are called one-hot vectors, where you basically have a vector that if, let's say, your dictionary, let's say your language has 10,000 words, a vector is just a list of numbers. So there's a list or an array, if you're a programmer, right? That is all zeros except for a one in the with regards to the word you want to be talking about. So if, let's say, in your dictionary and you have a massive dictionary, you have the word man, and man is corresponding to the fifth entry in this vector. So in the fifth place of the vector, there will be a one, and everything else will be zero. All 10,000 zeros. 10, now you can imagine to store such a thing in a computer and to run computations on such a thing is incredibly computationally expensive. That means it makes your computer go. It's very, makes me, or not go. So um, they developed a very, very powerful concept called word embeddings. And, not to get into it is that basically instead of taking a one hot vector, one of these vectors that are 10,000 entries except for a one in the right place, I take a small vector, 300, it's just 300 entries or models of 50 entries. And then it reads through an insane amount of text, whether it's the Wikipedia corpus, whether it's the Google news corpus, gigantic collections of text with millions and millions of articles and other things. And it uses deep learning to be able to identify what contexts world words occur in. And it then based on mathematical tricks, it tweaks the values in the vectors such that if you think about a vector space in a very simple way. So we all saw a graph in our lives, right? An XY graph, right? A vector is just the X value and the Y value. That's, that's a two that is a uh, two value vector, okay? So the, let's say you made a vector for the word man and the vector for the word woman. You would expect that they should be pretty close to each other when you map them in the vector space, okay? In this, in this graph. You have a vector for the word king and queen, you would expect them to be reasonably close to each other. In terms of their use and-, and In terms of their, how they come up in yeah. context, lots of different things. Then you, they discovered that you're actually able to do math with these vectors. They train these vectors and then there's a program called Spacey. It's free, you can download and play with it. If you do king minus man plus woman, it will get you queen. Sounds like a very serious title. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but queen minus man plus woman will give you math. That's how these vectors, because you can do vector math. If you remember, you connect vectors, draw the line. 
And they discovered that now they're able to actually model, so this is called the language model, they're able to model entire languages in a way that a computer could learn them. And then there were developments of something called BERT and transformer learning and other things where they're able to do real machine translation, which if you think about it, is a very, very hard task, right? Because in English, the word fast can mean two things, right? You, you run fast and you don't eat. But I don't know in French, I don't know, I, show, I, don't, I don't even know if the French have a word for fast. Um, but, 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 okay, sorry. And what's the word for run in French? And, what, and what's not eat? What? There's no word. So, so the point is that you know. So, or you know, how do you translate privacy into Russian? There's no word for it, right? So, so machine tra or or and also there's a problem. What's called sequence to sequence matching is that if you try tra translating an English sentence into Hebrew, it's very hard because an English sentence has n words. So you try translating each one of the n words one at a time. You're not going to get a Hebrew translation because the Hebrew is often like one word, right? right? You get like the so you get some, yeah, that's very. So therefore, so 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 now they've trained what are called auto. They're, they're called um, uh, encoder decoder frameworks. So where we are right now is incredible. Like we're able to do we the, I didn't do anything, but <laughs> Google is able to do and Apple and all, and everyone who are really advanced in this field. They just trained the model on like I think a hundred billion parameters. Like they're able to do incredible things. Is it Google Translate? Is it any language, any language, any language, and it's getting better and better. So, how, what does this have to do with Psaac? So, uh, a few weeks ago, and and uh, as soon as so I was mentioning this to to Daniel, and as soon as I mentioned I'm giving this talk, he's like, "Oh, it's because you went to this meetup at IBM," and it's true. So, I, I went to a a, a meetup, a NLP meetup at uh, IBM Research in Tel Aviv, and they were talking about this debater project. So if you look at the top picture on the on the on the graph, sorry, on the source sheet, you'll see there's a Indian fellow, it may not be so clear, and there is a kind of tall box. That box is a robot. It talks, you can look it up online. If you have to go home, you can go look it up on YouTube, the debater project, and it has live debates with this person. This person is a world champion in debate. Um, the computer lost, but only because it was a very subjective way of scoring. They follow the Oxford rules in scoring debates, which is ridiculous. But whatever it is, you listen to the computer, it's incredibly scared. The person says arguments, the computer understands them, spits them back, argues with him, makes fun of him, does all sorts of interesting things. If you look on the next page, this is a graph of how of all the different components of this machine, I'm not going to go through all of them, but the, the main thing, if you look on the side, is something called argument mining. Argument mining is a fascinating thing. They took 400 million articles and they trained the model to be able to, first, I'm called topic modeling and other things, and they trained it to be able to distill information and develop arguments for and against the topic or the thesis that it discovered in these articles. And then it uses it in a real-time debate. It's able to understand and argue back. So the first thing I want to talk about are what are the possibilities and what are the exciting things for halacha and for learning that are available now with NLP. The technology is available today for us to be able to put together sakim and chuvis and search 
that we never, ever had before. Baruch Hashem, we are the people of the book, so we have very large training data corpuses. There are loads of chuvis, and there are loads of svarim, and loads of articles. And yes, there are linguistic uh, uh, difficulties because the language changes over time. Gemara is in Aramaic, the Hebrew changes over time, and that causes a lot of issues. But theoretically speaking, we can do natural language understanding search. Instead of going to and crying with frustration when you're trying to find you know, the most basic things, or even Barlan, which is, you know, maybe they're working on, 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 on implementing this now, but even Barlan is not that great search. Not only that, if you're arguing with your Chavrusa and you want to be able to just test, if your Sfar makes sense, you say it to the great debater that's been trained on all sorts of things and it can argue with you. And yes, it may not be right or wrong, but it can help you say, okay, wait a minute, like, why is it, why is it wrong? So the possibilities are endless. Another big topic that I heard talked about over here are questions of Nida. With Maros and whether it's preserving the Masara, I know you, you talked about that, or spectral Pajas, or, or other things. And Nida is an important example that we're going to get to over here. It actually comes up with the Gemara, exactly this. But there's questions of training, of uh, training uh, computer vision. There's all sorts of possibilities exist. Okay. The question is. Um, how much of a role is it actually going to have in Psaac? And could it have in Psaac? Could it have in rendering decisions? Now, it's clear to us that explainable AI, meaning if it has a bunch of rules and it gives you its whole logic system, then fine, it's no different than the Chavrusa you had, who may or may not be so intelligent, but gave you their whole chain of thought, and you can choose to agree with them or not. That's not interesting. What's interesting are black box AI systems, where it's going to classify mutter aser, kasher tray, whatever. And you're not going to really understand where it came to this decision, but it has a 99.9% accuracy. I don't think any place it has that. I shouldn't say that. But. In accuracy. Oh, okay. Accuracy on the test set. I'm sorry. You're right. I should, I should have been more precise. On the test set. Whatever test set you gave. Well, not tests. A test set. Test set means you had sucking that you labeled one way, however you decided. And yes, could be they have to have a bezel magadol that will sit down and make all the psakim and create a, 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 a labeled set, whatever. But if it becomes objective truth, ground truth, then you have a training set, a validation set, and a test set. And on the test set, it achieves some kind of high level of accuracy. So, what power does that have? So, I want to just, before we get into the sources, I want to just point out one thing. We, in our minds, and unless we kind of you know, had the opportunity to be exposed to this question before, really think about the following thing in a binary way. There is objective and subjective. We think about either something is objective, objective truth, it is what it is, or it's subjective. If it's subjective, unless we are in a liberal arts class and we're trying to get an A, right, we don't really believe in subjective truth so much. And we kind of think of the notion of subjective as opinion. The reality is, as we see that all these, this nice binarization, falls apart when we go into the question of psaac. There is going to be something called subjective objectivity. And understanding what that is and understanding what gives us the right to even have it is going to be the main point of what I'm trying to talk about tonight. And it's really, in my opinion, going to define what will be the red line that AI can't, can't cross. Okay. So I want to I want to go through the sources and then it'll become clear. 
everybody knows that the, the, the poster can be the same stuff to two different people, and everything depends on their personal circumstances. So okay. Okay, so I would so I would I would push back on that because when a post gives two different sakim to different people because of their circumstances is because in halacha there is a decision tree, right? Where when you traverse the tree, right, there are is it half maruba for this person? Is it half sin Is there chak? There's all sorts of different there components, a, but but there is a decision tree. Right. Yeah. You will always arrive at the same decision. Theoretically, yes. Not always. That's what we're going to say. That, the part of the input is the circumstances of the person who's Of course, yes, yes, exactly. So that's, that's what I'm saying. So I wouldn't consider that to be subjective in any way. That that's it's it's these are parameters that you have to put in in order to make to make to make a decision. If a person is posculating without consideration of those parameters, then that's a flawed sock because those parameters belong as part of the equation. But when I when I want to know if a barrel cap is genuine or not, when I is this been or is it not been? Okay, it's not based on the array. There's a jump. Okay. There's a jump of so let's so I feel yeah, with, uh, so so Brishos, I wanna yeah, yeah so Brishos, I, I wanna just go through the the cuts. So people from that question. Yeah. So so. The psukim, as we know, the invarim ki palim uchadavar lamishba ben dam mudam ben dam ludin. We know that the Torah over there talks about the concept of a, of a bezdan agadol leisasser zaken mamre and all that. The Rambam paskins the halacha. He says it applies even if you know the chiv misa is only when there's a bezdan agadol. But there's an iser to argue on the mesorah to argue on Torah um, uh, on Torah shebalpe. The chinuch also when he talks about halacha says even if sometimes there could be issues. Of people making mistakes, he says. In the long run, this is the sustainable system that we squash all uh, dissent at some level, and we make sure that there's one line of misal. Yes, exactly. So the Rambam writes. The Rambam says. Therefore, during the days of the Sanhedrin, there was no such concept of machlokas because there was always a ground truth. Right. Eventually, they went up to the Sanhedrin of they had a rove, they passed in the rove, that was it. That was canon. That's it. The Rambam says once the once there was a Khorban, once we lost the Sanhedrin, now they introduced the concept of Machlokas. Uh, I remember my eighth grade Jewish history teacher in Lakewood Cheder saying that it happened during the time of Hanukkah, which is when we see the beginning of the Zugos in uh Perkeyavos, right? We see um uh Rabbi Yossi Ben Ben Yuazar and Rabbi Ben Yochanan, which was the introduction of Machlokas in the Israel. And you see it also tomorrow in Chagiga uh, as well. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so once there's machlokas, we have to develop tools how to deal with machlokas. So what happened? So the, the fascinating Gemara in Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Sanhedrin of Abnubez, the Gemara says, They have to know who they're judging, in front of whom they're judging, who they're going to pay for, you know, who they're going to have to answer to eventually. Uh, 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 all sorts of very scary things that every judge has to think about. But the Gemara says, maybe you're going to have a person who says, right, So going to Dayanas is a losing proposition. You know, eventually, you know, even if I'm pretty accurate, I'm going to pass it wrong probably at some point. And then my other Mahaba is in a very, very difficult place. Let me just sit in Kylo or become a programmer, and then I can do my hour a day, and I'm good. There's not much, you know, not much that could uh, go wrong. So the Gemara says, so the Gemara answers, 
that no, Tam Belaymar in Macham, Bidwar Mishpat, Ain Loy Ladayin, Elamash Ain of Rice. So the Gemara states the concept is concept is stated three times in Shas, uh, once in um, once in Sanhedrin, once again in Nida, and once I believe in Balbasar, where the Gemara says this concept of Ain Ladayin, Elamash Ain of Rice. A Dayan can only paskin on what they see. What does this mean? So the Marsha, Echidushi Agadis in Sanhedrin over there, the Marsha writes, so you can you can read through the whole thing later, but I want to just point out um, uh, 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 one line. So the Marsha is understanding in this guarantee that Hashem will be with him and help him and help him say this um, uh, and, and help him paskin true. He after Sheikhab and Hadai and Daite La MS, the Yitta Besikhla, and he makes a mistake. Abu Hadam, the Namas Lamita, Shal Yitta by Shakadash Baruch, Imai, Lechav and Dasa La MS, who Mishrash Hinasa Yadia. So what the Masha seems to say, and this is a concept that there's a famous story to Chaim Brisker about it also, that this notion of there is a Siat the Shmaya given to a Posek who's allowed a Posek that the result that Hashem wants will happen, even if there's a mistake. Based on the halachic argument, however, especially if you look later, Rav Moshe has a very different mahalach in his in his introduction to Igras Moshe, which we're going to see. Although at the end, but first I want to look through the Gemara in Balbasra and the Gemara in Nida. The Gemara in Balbasra says, "Amr lehu Rav the Rapapa the Rabuna Breder Rav Yeshua ki asi piska the dina the dina the kamaichel." When you hear one of my psakim, v'chazesi be'pircha ni'avakasha. Do not tear it up. Don't tear it up until you ask me. And if it happens after I die, do not tear it up either. But also don't pass Kimonic like it, right? But don't tear it up and don't pass in this way. Don't tear it up because I may have had a response, but don't pass in this way because. Right, A dayan only has a right to paskin what they understand. The Rashbam explains Right, and a dayan only has what his eyes can see, meaning what what they feel is true. Right, Rabbi Ra Dam Balila. This is the Gemara that 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 we're going to see in a second. And if you skip the second to last line of the Rashbam, he says, A Dayan has a right to paskin what they feel is true, what they understand to be true. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get to that in a second. That's going to be the end of the talk about the concept of what it means, Hegia Lehora versus Lohegia Lehora. But yeah, yes, technically, yes, there are people, a lot of people with Paskin and don't know what they're doing. Um, okay, so then, so, so the Gemara Nida gives, gives the sharpest example of this, I believe. Rebbe Ra'adam Balaila Vitime. Rebbe saw Dam at night and he was Matame. Roy Bayom Vitir. He saw by day and he was Matire. Pimpton Sha'achas Chazer Vitime. He waited for an hour and then he went back and he was Matame. Amar Oili Shamatisi said, Oh no, maybe I made a mistake and I passed in wrong. So the Gemara says, Shamatisi Vadaita. Titanya Loy Yoimar Chacham, Ilu Havi Lach, Hayavadai Tamit. A Chacham should not say, should not look at Amara and say, Well, had it been wet, maybe the color would have been such that I would ask. 
Ella Omar Ainle the Dyan Ella Masha in Evroy said Dyan Paskin only on what's placed in front of him. May Kara Aksake Bitame, Kivan the Chazal at Safra, the Shani Omar Vade Tarhu, Ubelail who delays Chazi Shapir, Kivan the Chazal, the other Shani Amelie Haitame, who Mepchach did come up was. So Rava, so sorry, so Revia was, I'm sorry, he changed his sock because the Mara of Adam changed, but each time he Paskin, he was right. That's a uh... Yes, very complicated. That's, um, the sophistry. I mean, it's, oh, okay. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, come on. Yeah. Yes, come on, come on, exactly. And here's where exactly the point, and this yeah. is the point where I was saying before, right? Is that now all of a sudden we're faced with this question. It's either objective or subjective. And here's where I'm saying is that we need to think hard that there exists a middle. Subjective, uh, subject, subject. It means either either something is objectively true or not objectively true, but there exists some sort of middle. But what's under discussion here is what is objective truth. Okay. What is what is under discussion is which sock was the valid sock which contains a lot of weight. That's a good. Sock was a valid sock. So. so that the halacha is considered. So you're saying, okay, so so here you're wading into this point, right? What you're saying is, is that maybe, and this is a very controversial thing to say, and I'm going to say it probably, that talking about truth and halacha is the wrong thing. But, but, we said in the in, in Nida, you have to be, in Sanhedrin, I'm sorry, you have to be done then MSLAMITA. You have to be Mechavan El Emes, right? There's this concept of seeking truth, but what makes a Psach valid or not may not be getting truth. And that's what makes it very hard to understand. But, yeah. The writes that there are Memtes Drochen Mem Drochen is essentially... Yeah, yeah, the Marshal, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going to get to the end. No, no, there's a Marshal about, about the Gemara and Tanhedrin about it wouldn't take someone until Tanhedrin until they... Yeah, I want that's on the, on the I'm not, I didn't bring the source here, but I'm gonna get to that. Okay, so so the so the Gemara then goes through that if you look if you look at that at, at that Gemara Nida, it was a woman, um uh Yuta who brought Amara to one Rav, and the Rav said it was Asar, then she brought it to another Rav, he said it was Mutter. The Gemara said, well, How did she have a right to do it? The Gemara said that she said, I always bring him this exact Mara. And he always says it's 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 kosher. But yesterday, I know he had a pain in his eye; he couldn't see that well. So therefore, his psak was 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 flawed. And um, this other rav was a lot of paskin for her, and the gemara said that she was right. Hmm. So we see that it's not papal infallibility, right? That there is a concept that if there is a reason that there, that that there's a reason to say there wasn't you know, uh, uses words about the gemara, but. Theoretically, right, garbage in, garbage out, right? That there is a concept that there could be flawed data put into the Pesach, right? Or the Pesach could have something, could be some flaw that could corrupt Sach, and that we're allowed to call out. So that does not fall under the category of Ain Ladain Elamashe in the price. But then again, this just deepens the complexity of the whole situation. And I have no plans on making this not complicated. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So I want to, so, so the, the final Gemara, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, the Gemara says, "Abshesh Samar Kanchet Tarbed Var Mishnah Kanchet Tarbed Shikla Das Yomer Abshesh Samar Abasi Tarbed Var Mishnah Chayzer Tarbed Shikla Das Enichot." 
So the Gemara says that if a if a if a if a, if a Pisic paskins and he's tabashikaladas, he makes a mistake. So there's a discussion in the Shacharach, we're going to see what exactly it means that something is tabashikal hadas. So if you look at the Khashimish, what it says, Tab Tabashikal Hadas Kigain. So shikaladas doesn't mean that you made a stupid mistake in Khaj. Mm-hmm. Shikaladas means that there was a already a consensus on the topic, and therefore you didn't really have the right to go against the consensus. Any which, ignorance of precedent? Uh, yes, to some extent, yeah, yeah. But then there's the difficult question of what defines precedent, right? And that's when it gets into the whole question of the layering of the Mesorah with the Rishonim and Achronim, and, you know, who could you argue with? And if you're the Chazanish, you can argue with Moshe Rabbein, whatever. So there's, you know, there, there's, and then every group thinks that person can argue. Yeah, whatever. So there's lots of, you know, different, you know, Shagasari, you know, when the Sfarim Shrank fell on him at the end of his life, what he said, right, that the Rishonim got me back. Um, uh, he died when he was very old. His farm shock fell on him, and he said it was my Einish because I was not careful enough in arguing. I argued with Rishayim a lot. Um, we still learn Shagasari. He still argues with Rishayim. So, um, whatever, whatever the case may be. But the point is, is that yes, that layering does try to solidify some concept of of, of oppression. So the Gemara then says it does. So I want to point out that it says a a a the so so the Ramah, which is not very clear. But the Ramah over there says, And uh, I want to just point out where he says an important, a very, very important line. The deck, look at the, at the top of the page. He says, A person should not say, There's a machlokis on the top. And due to this machlokis, one of them allows me to eat in the restaurant that I want to eat, and one doesn't. So, they're both rabbis. So I'm going to choose whatever way I want. Because this is for this is the, the Ramon And the Ramah says that we don't have a right to say, oh, there's a machikis, whatever, so I'll choose, pick and choose, it's not. What it means that you have a right to England dynamite, it's here, Elliot, to the point of, of kind of MS, right? Is that you actually have to have a strong logical argument why you feel that this is correct. And the Ramah goes on to say this is also true in Dina Sivahatar, right? That basically there is this concept that you have a right to Paskin. You have a right to choose, but you have to do it with with Raya's gurus. But we've saw Nida, and you can, there are a million and a half sources for this. The reality is, is that it seems that there doesn't need to be necessarily this concept of truth. So how can we understand this? Because objective I wanna, truth. Objective truth. So I want to introduce two more sources that are not on the page. I, didn't, I wasn't able to find them that I think are going to be important before we go to uh, Raya Lahara and end up with uh, Ramosha's view on the whole thing. The two sources are there's a fascinating Marshall and Sanhedrin, as well as there's a fascinating Chubas based uh, dr- Drush from the base Halevi in Drush and Ches. In Drush, Drush, I don't want to say it like a seminary girl. Drush and Ches. Lecture at Ches. Lecture 18. Thank you. Talk. Talk 18. Sermon 18 in his Drushes. 
he talks about the difference between the first set of luchos and the second set of luchos. And he says that the difference between the first set of luchos and the second set of luchos was that in the first set of luchos, the Torah and the Jews were separate entities. The Jew who internalizes Torah becomes like an Arn HaKodesh that holds a Sefer Torah. But it's not Yisrael ve'orai sachadu. It's not that there's a that there's a unity between. He says with the giving of the second luchos, there was actually a certain mila that the the Torah, the cloth of Torah Shabbat Peh became the brain of a Jew. The person, the people, the, what it means lav b'shamayim he is that ownership on the development and the creation and the definition of Torah was given to people. And there was a mahalach of you have to learn, you have to have Yegiyah uh, Torah, Amelis Torah. You have to strain yourself to use the faculties Hashem gave you to come up with the MS as much as you can. And then you've created Torah. That is the essence of Torah. And that's something which is unique by Torah. And the Marsha, when he talks about the Gemara, that the Gemara says that in order for a judge to have been accepted to the high court, to the Sanhedrin Agadol, they had to find a way to say a Sharet says kosher. I always think about that Gemara whenever I pass a uh, McDonald's, I'm really hungry. Um, that they have to find a way. Marsha says a fascinating thing. He says, really, Torah has an incredible amount of facets. And really, in every single thing of Torah, there are tzadim to hamater and tzadim to aser. And Sheretz also has tzadim heter, even though the surface representation that we're given in the Torah would seem to preclude that. He says the din of rove, of rove tzadim, defines what is the halach. And he says that rove is decided by people. So therefore, a judge needs to be able to show that they're able to see all the possibilities of every single shaila, and then they're going to paskin using rove, using, you know, rove doesn't only necessarily have to be majority, it could also be the overwhelming certainty or something which you feel is overwhelmingly true. And they can use that to decide halacha, but again, it says because it was given to people. Now, AI is no better than a basket. Yeah? AI can't be better than a basket. So the question is, if AI can achieve this level... Okay, sorry. I'm the famous Gemara of Rabbi Eliezer, who's arguing with the Chachamim, right? And the and the and, 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 exactly. And he says, I'm right. And they argued with... Sorry? Oh, so the Gemara says... Um, I just... I, I read this Gemara in the Tales from the Talmud. Uh, in, when I was like... So I, I, I was thinking about... Like, that's the only place where I know the story from. Um, but basically... So the Gemara says that 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 there was a, there was a, there was a uh, machlokas and Rebbe Eliezer caused the river to flow backwards and finally says, "Oh my God, Hashem, tell them I'm right." And the Pascal came out and said, "He's right." Yeah, what? Well, say. And then they then they come and 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 they say so they say, you know, lava shemayim here and then Hashem was Pascal, right? So again, so so. No one's going to say that there's no truth coming from the mosque. Yeah, see, that, that, that story gets the headlines because uh, it's very... Uh, it, it's dramatic. very dramatic, and it's, and it's meant to all over. But when I say you did pass on from Moscow, you passed on like they sell them. So that's based on a Moscow. Right. Okay, what's that sound? Well, so, there's an answer on one side is that I'm a Jew passing like a Moscow. 
And they were just using that to push off somewhere. Ah, uh, so the other chat I heard was that because there was a yachid of a rabbin. Yeah. So you don't pass the rave against the baskel. You're given a method of achra. A baskel can be a raya. And that's what I want to say also for AI. It well, can, AI is based on the right? The person who's entering it. So it's based on humans. Yeah. That's yes. So yeah, yes. Yeah. So I want so yeah. So there was a fascinating documentary that was shown about there was a game, a famous game, and it played in in Asia a lot called Go. I don't think it's an English word Go. I think, but and there's group of uh, reinforcement learning people who are uh, built a program called AlphaGo. And it defeated the world champion four to five games in Go. And I recently had a lot of dishes to wash. So um, I finally said, okay, let me finally watch this documentary. Somebody sent to me a while ago. What? No, no, no. I was, uh, I, documentaries, you have to be, documentaries, you have to be doing something else while you watch. I'm not so intellectual. So they, so, but there was a fascinating question that was going through the whole documentary. The people who were supporting the human champion said, this is a battle of man against machines. And we hope humanity triumphs. And it's fascinating. You, you see this tension throughout the whole thing. The scientists who built AlphaGo said, what are you talking about? AlphaGo is humanity's triumph. We built it. <laughs> Humans built it, right? So the reason why Abasco also has no connection is that an AI system was... Developed by us, trained by us. It's based off psukim that were paskin by us, right? So it's entirely you. So what other problem could there be? So yeah. So 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 what what what, uh, what uh, have you come to some sort of a conclusion? No 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 no. no yeah. I want to move on to the question of final the final point of um of Iraq. So the Gemara insight to the Gemara insight that says that there's a halacha that somebody paskins and they're not. Magia lehira, terrible, terrible thing. If someone does magia lehira, we'll talk about what hira means in a second, and they don't paskin, also a terrible, terrible thing. So therefore, you have to pass. The Gemara does not really explain what hira is, except for saying, sorry, what it means that you reached hira, except for giving one condition that you have to be forty years old. However, many Rishayim and the Kesef Mishnah and others ask that we know of plenty of Amirayim who died at forty, and they were busy paskining until then. So the first thing they say is, well, there are some people who, who are different that if they have reached a proper level, 40 is a guideline. Kesemish says a fascinating thing. He says 40 was only in their days when they had to learn from Masora. And that took a very, very long time because you had to find the Rebbe, you had to be in the mood of teaching you. And it took a long time to uh, accumulate knowledge. But now that we have Sfarim and we have libraries, you could accumulate the necessary knowledge far younger than 40, and therefore you're able to reach Hayrat. But what does it mean? What what does it mean? Uh, uh, magia lehira. So um, the yar. So if you look in the, in, in the Shulchan Aruch here, Adaya says, "Kol chacham sheigia lehira ve'neimayra harayu meinei taira." He's blocking taira v'neisin mechshalos with meirabim v'all of nemar v'yatsumim kol haraguato. Right, a lot of bad things. Zok the Rama. Inyan hasmichas. What is smicha? Shenagu b'zman hazeh. So 
ain't sarich smichos. So v'yesh cholkim u'mekir. So there's a whole discussion about what is the role of smichos b'smanas. Rav Moshe, if you look at the very end, because we're running low on time, Rav Moshe asks. He says we don't see anywhere in the paiskim any clear explanation of what it means igiel hira. And in fact, we know that any guy who's getting smicha these days from name the institution didn't probably come to the toes of people during the days of the Rajma, the Adam, whatever, right? Or the Gemara. So the Gilahira, right, is very generational, right? And Ramosha said, Enichanami, that's what it is. Is that in every generation, the rabbis of that generation decide the bar of what it means, right? right? That it's something which is decided the bar of what it means, Magilahira. And in different communities, the bar is set differently. And therefore, Higilahira from different smicha programs is set differently. And why you may care to know which smicha your rabbi got or not, because, right, Megillahira, it depends if they had a rabbi and a shimush, but it means that they were given Rishastapaskin. Doesn't mean a formal letter. It means that they had a rav who said that they are now Megillahira. They had a rabbi who was madrich them and, um, and, and, and made them Megillahira. What does it mean, Magila? So Ramesha says, why is this important? If you look at the very last paragraph, and Ramosha is writing this as why does he have a right to Paskin, right? So, um, yeah, Ramosha wasn't convinced that he was Magia Ramosha's point was is that Magia Lahira and Psak Halacha is something which a person who was said that they have a sufficient level of knowledge and they're doing it l'shem shemayim and b'gia raba and they fit all the different rules of what it means to be a dayan. They are somebody who is magia lahira, and that person is a lot of paskin. Nobody else is a lot of paskin. So I would argue that a anything which is non-human or non-Jewish or whatever cannot. I want to give you one really simple reason why, other than the obvious ones, because of. The Torah, Klai Yisrael, the Beis Halevi, the Masha, I think, all argue to this point as well. The great debater, if you look at it, in the, in the spec, it gives you 30 arguments each way. And then, depending on what the human says, it goes by the highest ranking argument on the other side and gives it. There's no Yer Shemayim. There's no Siat the Shemayim. There's no, there's no relationship there. Therefore, I feel it's clear. I think but you can obviously, I'm sure people will argue that um, that there's no question that both because of the understanding. What? He's better arguing. There's no chokhamot of me, no. There's no chokhamot. No, so in my opinion, I think the psak has to be Torah and a machine cannot create Torah because of it's not a machine. But we create, but yes, but that's but that's not our psak. So if it's. So what? It's this is not sock is davar chadosh right? Where it creates something new. That's how the shachar describes sock. Okay. Yes. If all you're asking is is it mutter to do bayer on Shabbos and the machine says 
look in Mishnah Bura, Simon, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's that's information retrieval. That's that's obviously fine. If it gives you text summation, you want to know there's a mutter for me to, 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 to do this and this. Based on my research, I have seen that most pies can say it's a problem. And here are the list of pies that I have checked in the past three and a half milliseconds, right? Um, that's fine because you can go look at the pies, whatever, but that's not a psa. You want to kind of risk all sorts if of I interesting things. Can I do Boral? I mean, it does no. Am I allowed to go? Yeah, but that, that's yes, but that's not, but that's not, sorry. No, sorry. no, no, please. No, it's like, because that's because you, there are different kinds of Shaila. Sometimes the person has a Shaila, they have to look it up, right? They look mm-hmm. in the Shulchanach, they don't need to ask the rabbi. It says, oh, you can't light fire on Shabbos. Thanks, Siri. Sometimes one comes to a, a new Shaila, and that requires this Tircha. That's a raw. The most of what the rabbi is usually doing is saying, well, it says this here and it says that there. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, you say, wow, this is a new situation. I need to reanalyze. Right. So, so, so yeah. It's, yeah. So, so, so that, that's the idea. The idea is that the way it says is that it's a Dabr Chadash HL Shomer, that basically it's not something that's widely accepted. There's a very interesting Pischetchuva. Sorry, one second. Pischetchuva wants to say that there are Pischetas that hold that anybody who just learns Sak from Shofanarch is also not considered somebody who's Magil Ira because you don't understand the Sugis. But he says maybe now that we have Shachtaz and Kubega or all sorts of other Mepharshim, you can learn the Sugya well enough from Shulchan Aruch and then maybe. But okay, as a liquider, <laughs> I'm biased one way. But okay, so that's that's a point. I, yeah. So that's so that first of all, that Bermisha says that, that's it. Oh, so the reason is is because it has to be somebody who is trying to. Do do the right thing for the right reasons. I think it's based on the on the Gemara in Sanhedrin, where the Gemara is talking about the role of the die and that he has to be somebody who understands the weight of what they're doing, understands kind of you know. There's there's a line. Yeah. I think that, that, that's a long uh, uh, secondary. Between understanding the gravity of what I'm doing, why is that important? Okay, so because ultimately, it's and that's where I I, I can't explain this well, but this is where I think is the complexity is that there has to be this wholehearted attempt at truth mm-hmm. objective truth uh, objective. Uh, uh, so trying to get to the ms as much as you can but but ulti- but ultimately if you ask me why is the psak valid i wouldn't say because it's ms i would say because it's torah because it's because it's valid and that's where it's yeah so Yeah. 